This is Marking Out. Pro Wrestling Talk by Pro Wrestling Fans. We Marking Out, y'all. Follow on Twitter. Pro Wrestling Talk by Pro Wrestling Fans. We Marking Out, y'all. Marking Out. Pro Wrestling Talk by Pro Wrestling Fans. We Marking Out, y'all. Spreading like fist. Pro Wrestling Talk by Pro Wrestling Fans. We Marking Out, y'all. Marking Out. Pro Wrestling Talk by Pro Wrestling Fans. Welcome to Marking Out. Pro Wrestling Talk by Pro Wrestling Fans. This is episode 663. I'm one of your hosts, Dave the Rave. Make sure that you check us out over at MarkingOut.com. Make sure that you are subscribed and downloading. And don't forget to give us a five-star rating because you know that you love us. Also buy a t-shirt, ProWrestlingTees.com slash MarkingOut. Give us a follow over on Instagram at MarkingOut11 and everywhere else at MarkingOut, like Twitter. Give us a like over on Facebook. Don't forget on Twitch and TikTok. But you can follow me at David PT DPT. You can follow Chris at Chris Sweendog on Twitter and CM Sweeney85 on Instagram and BTTG161 for Brandon over on all social media platforms. That being said, welcome to Marking Out and Brandon, how are you? I'm doing awesome as always. How about yourself? Doing tired. Doing, doing tired. tired. Yes. How was your week? Well, you and I had a joint week. We uh, alluded to it last week. It almost didn't happen, <laughs> but it did happen. We drove down to, well, you drove to Philadelphia on Wednesday night, and I was not expecting that drive to be as short as it was. The drive there, there definitely felt short. Yeah. On Thursday, we went to Reading Terminal Market to start our morning. We were up at like 7 a.m. That was, to me, that was hell. But after that, we headed to the Philadelphia Museum of Art to see the Rocky Steps and the Rocky Statue. We filmed a TikTok there. I've never, yes, I've never seen the Rocky movies, but I know about the stuff from it from pop culture. Um, Burt Young actually passed away this week uh, at the age of eighty-three, which is unfortunate. He played Polly in the Rocky franchise. Yeah, very sad. You but, know, very sad, but yeah, that was definitely an adventure, and I gotta say, I was out of breath. I don't know about you, Brandon, well, you were able to get up I there. I didn't walk the rocky steps, so I was pretty much good. I mean, that was just no bueno at all, you know? Yeah, but, and there were yeah. definitely people there dressed as Rocky, doing the rocky steps and stuff. They were playing the music, doing the celebratory fists up in the air gimmick yeah a lot of people a lot of people were doing the rocky gimmick um it was definitely fun to check it out and really really cool to get to the steps and see his footprints on the top of the staircase um it was a fun adventure yeah you know? been definitely to, a fun adventure i've been to philly a few times so that was nice to get to go to that area that's somewhere i've not been in philly before yeah but, it was definitely a nice area to visit you know, after that, we went to Franklin Court and we saw the foundation of President's House, which was Washington and Adams, when, uh, the, the presidential house when they lived there. Um, then yeah, we went not to, Ben Franklin's house, apparently. Yeah, no, not Ben Franklin's house. But we went to the Liberty Bell. We went to Red Owl Tavern, had some apps, 
and some waters. Then we toured Independence Hall, which I don't I don't remember going inside ever. I asked my dad, he swears we did, but I really don't remember going inside of it. Yeah, apparently when we did the tour when I was younger, there was a downstairs and upstairs. I didn't know about a downstairs. I knew about an upstairs. But... Well, I mean, where we were, the main floor and then the upstairs. Oh, well, yeah, okay, yeah. Yeah, there was because they said that on the website, it says the upstairs is closed. Mm. We did see George Washington's chair. Yes, the chair that George Washington used while there was the original piece. So that was yeah, cool. That's the, I mean, the stinker is that that's the only original piece that's down there. Yeah, but uh, you could see that on our TikTok at Marking Out. I put up a bunch of Philadelphia TikToks. We went to Iron Hill Brewery for dinner that night, which I thought was decent. Uh, I wasn't. I didn't. I ordered a, a grilled chicken sandwich. I didn't really enjoy that sandwich, but the Philly cheesesteak egg rolls and the nachos I thought were really good. To the point where I yeah. think I could have just eaten the nachos for dinner by myself. Yeah, that that I really like the egg rolls the most. Yeah, uh, and then on Friday, I went to Benjamin Franklin's grave. I went to the U.S. Mint, which I thought I'd be allowed to take pictures in. I, I was not allowed to take pictures. And uh, I, I felt like it was kind of a waste of walking because it was just like a, a long, narrow hallway where you're just looking at stuff and you see the factory on one side then you go loop it around back towards the exit and you see it the other side uh and i did tour the u.s mint in washington dc when i was a kid i had visions of being in the u.s mint prior to philly and i had no clue why and i asked my dad Mm -hmm. and my dad said it's because we went to the u.s mint in dc so that covers that one but Ah. I went to Elfrith's Alley, which is billed as our nation's oldest residential street, which I really don't know how people lived in those houses. People still live in them, which is crazy because they're like these tiny houses and it's not like the, the road is the road is like old, I guess. Mm-hmm. So that was cool to see that from there. I went to Betsy Ross's house. Uh, if you're unfamiliar with her, she sewed the first American flag. So I went through her house. That's another one of those things that I just don't know. Like, there's no way fat people lived then or lived in houses like that. Because even like this, the stairs were tiny where my feet were maybe 75% off the steps. Well, that's uncomfortable. Yeah, it was really weird to go through a house like that, but... I, uh, from there, stopped off in front of the Declaration House, which is where Thomas Jefferson lived when he was drafting the Declaration of Independence. But it's kind of goofy because they knocked it down completely and then reconstructed it in 1975. So you're not actually getting the original house where he was writing the Declaration. Mm Mm-hmm. But it was uh, it was closed, so that really didn't ma- matter. And then from there, I went to Reading Terminal Market. I grabbed my first cheesesteak from Philadelphia for lunch. I got a soft pretzel, pretzel, which was incredible. I've not had anything like it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, I really wish they were open on Sunday because I would have taken so many more home. And I got Do a you remember turkey. Where Ruben. you got it from? 
Yeah, well, it was from Reading Terminal Market. It was Miller's, I think it was called. Miller's Twist. Uh-huh. And Miller's then I got a turkey Reuben for, for that. dinner that night. And I recorded Marking Out, which you heard. That's why my microphone wasn't up to par for me. But nah. Saturday, we went to uh, Maggiano's and didn't get the family style, which I still feel like we should have. <laughs> but I was stuffed from the food that I had. And I would... A hundred percent, absolutely go back there. I always, yeah, I totally agree with you. I always feared that it was like Olive Garden, but it's not even close. There's not even any chance. I apologize to Maggiano's because there's not a chance in hell you can compare that and Olive Garden because it's just on a completely different level. And after Maggiano's, we went to a couple of bars. And hung out. I know there was a big like networking thing involved there. I just sat back, watched everything happen. And uh, Sunday, I went back to Reading Terminal, grabbed a dozen cookies for the road. I grabbed two whoopie pies and a cheesesteak to take home. And then we went to Cracker Barrel. So I very much so enjoyed my trip to Philadelphia with you. And I'm uh, very appreciative that you invited me to go and i'm uh very appreciative to everybody who was there yeah it was definitely a great experience a lot of fun um let's see on my end so yes we got to explore and everything which was a lot of fun um then i was there for the educational leadership conference for physical therapy so for the most part i was there working a booth for uh final frontier and that was amazing because I got to network and discuss a lot of things with a lot of faculty from across the uh, the U.S. Um, got to see a lot of old friends and make new friends. Um, very, very grateful for the opportunity. Then we did get to grab some food and dinner, which was all delicious. Uh, you, you went to Fogo that, that night that I did not go. Yeah. How did you enjoy that? Finally got Fogo. It was good. It was very filling. Um, I wish they had different exotic meats on the menu. Did they have heart Instead or anything of... or no? No. No heart. Hmm. Mm-mm. But the cheese was fantastic, am I right? Yeah, the cheese was really fantastic. Um, it got to the point where I was just... I The prime rib was good. I think my favorite thing there may have been the... Let's see... I think the lamb chops. Did you explore the, the market table much or no? A little bit, yeah. Chicken salad bit. or no? No. They have good chicken salad there. Yeah, no chicken salad. Um, but it was definitely a really good good uh, thing. I would definitely go back there. Um, then we also went to a bunch of other places. Something that really threw me off was I did not have any Philly cheesesteak while in Philly, but I'm not mad by it. I'm not mad by it. No, but by the you end should of... be disappointed. Not really. No, you should. I have no, I'm not no, really. No, you should. That's like, I was you go exhausted. to Philadelphia, you should have a, a Philly cheesesteak. I was, ex- I was exhausted and I wasn't going to force eat for myself. Guess what? I took mine home. Yeah, I wasn't, I, 
It was there was too many options. You didn't tell me which place there to weren't. go. There weren't. What do you mean? There was one place that that was good. You could have nah, you could have you no. could have picked me up a f- extra Philly cheesesteak if you really wanted me to have chance. one. You could have picked up so, a second one. You're making excuses now. You could have picked up a second one. <laughs> you're making I went, I, you know, I you, thought about doing that too because I just felt like uh you wouldn't know what to do. And I didn't know what to do. I went in there and I had pretty much a panic attack. Because I was going up and down every aisle, not knowing what to get, not knowing what I where I wanted to get the food from. There See, were lines went, all over. There were people I, all... I went in there, there with were a game People plan. all over. Yeah, there were people all over. I hated it. I hated it. So I saw a pretzel stand. I got a small pretzel because I was starting to get dizzy and lightheaded. So I got a small pretzel. I got a iced coffee, both from places I do not know from where. The pretzel was from someplace that was uh, nut-free and gluten-free. So I got that, and then I left without a Philly cheesesteak because I had no plan going in there, and anxiety got the best of me. So, Well, maybe next time. Yeah. Next Next time time. I would like to, if I... I'm back in Philadelphia ever. I'm not saying exclusively with you, but I would definitely like to go to Delisandro's or uh, John's Roast Pork because those are the two places that people rant and rave about, but they're just not near where we were. Yeah, and you have to be careful in in the region. Well, we, just, know, we, weren't, we just weren't near there. We went to, also, yeah. I, I didn't mention, uh, before... Uh, before we went to Cracker Barrel, probably some sort of mark moment of the week, probably not a mark out moment, but we went to the ECW arena, the 2300 arena and took some pictures there. Also filmed I mean, the TikTok. This was definitely a mark out moment for me. Yeah. We also filmed the TikTok there, which you could see, but uh, John's roast pork is right near there, but they're not open on Sundays. So it would have been really helpful if they were open, but Unfortunately, it would have been that... really helpful if Brandon just told me a Philly cheesesteak place to directly walk over to. What do you mean? There, there was only Rangtrum first of all, there were two cheesesteak places open while while we were there on Sunday. There were a lot of signs. There were two cheesesteak places. I asked with for a... directions inside Reading Terminal Market with a lot of signs. No, I asked for. What directions. am I going to say? I'm an which, adult. Which, what which do you way mean? for the You're Philly cheesecake? I, I saw one, and then. One of my friends was like, just be ready because it could get a little bit aggressive like with your ordering like, no, because that's, it's so rapid that's, pace. No, that sounds like uh, the other places that aren't in Reading Terminal. And when I saw the line and I saw the people cooking it, I realized I have no clue what I really want. You just, and I what do you said, mean? You, you could know have what? just gone over there and hover to decide. You don't have to decide right yeah, away. Yeah, I was, I, I was having too much of a moment where I needed to get out of there. The first I'll get a Philly cheesesteak. It's not the else, same. I'll get a Philly cheesesteak elsewhere. I'll be fine with it. I'm not going to be pissed off. The first cheesesteak that I got on Friday, I had provolone, but it I think it was like smoked or something provolone. Uh-huh. So I didn't really want that again. And I got uh, Wiz on the way for the one that I took home. Mm-hmm. Both were enjoyable. There you go. Yeah. I mean, to be honest, I don't know if I'm, I don't know when I'll go back to Philly. Uh, you know, it, it's historic. That's it. <laughs> it's historic. Yeah, it's definitely a cool but, city to visit. So, yeah, for the history aspect, it's uh, 
very interesting. You know, don't valet your car there. Be careful with uh, who you valet with because uh, depending on where you go, some places are a little bit less kind than others, we'll just say. Um, but yeah, I'm very happy that you, Brandon, uh, joined for the car ride and got to experience Philly with me and my friends. And Everybody was, was a really physical cool therapist to... nearby, except for me, it felt like. I was such an odd man out. Well, I mean, that's really how it was. <laughs> you know, but it was definitely a pleasure to have you around and get to introduce you to a lot of people. And some people we both met for the first time. Um, but definitely very important networking event for just to be at so i'm happy that you were by my side during it so more importantly you. though did anybody ask about me or no yes everybody was concerned oh, with I'm you sure. because <laughs> they they wanted to know if you got any uh had a good philly cheesesteak and where you should go and what do you no. mean nobody I asked about me everybody every Everybody's always asking about you. Everybody just cares know that you. if Everybody you're listening you. to this and I had previously met you in Philadelphia, I've asked about you. So yes, I appreciate you not asking about me. Yes. Brandon also would like you not to share any pictures of him on uh, social media as well. Not that there were many ever. pictures of me, but or ever like keep it to yourself. <laughs> you know, like don't even show your, your family. Just keep it to yourself. Delete it. Even delete I just, it. I just want people, I, just I really just want people to go watch our Rocky TikTok video because I think that was solid work. Yes, I agree with you, but yeah, that was Philadelphia. And you know, we'll see if we return for WrestleMania with Philadelphia. If we do, I, We'll pick up a Philly cheesesteak then, but till then, I am not mad over not getting it, and yeah, that's how I feel. But that was our week. We hope you had a great week as well, but how about we get on to some pro wrestling talk? Let's talk about some Monday Night Raw. Monday Night Nitro. Kicking off with Sammy Zane. Kicking off with... Go on. Yes. Sammy Zane. <laughs> Addressing, no, I just knew you were going to say that. Yeah, okay. Well, he addressed Kevin Owens being traded to SmackDown, and he said that he's excited for Kevin Owens to do big things on SmackDown, but now he's got to do something that he hasn't done in a long time, which is stand on his own and show the world what he's capable of. The Judgment Day eventually interrupted, and they they surrounded the ring. Jey Uso ran down with a chair for Sammy and himself. They backed off. Sami Zayn walked off. And Jey Uso caught up with him in the, in the back to check on him. And Sami was conflicted because his whole thing was, it shouldn't have been Jey Uso running out there to save me from the Judgment Day. It should have been Kevin Owens. And you're the reason why it's not. But then he's happy. He wants to be happy for, for Jey Uso being there. And Jey reassured him that he still has him on his side and Sami Zayn apologized to him. So there's still like little bits and pieces of that storyline that, that are showing up. Yeah. I like that. The continuation of it. Yeah. I very much so enjoyed that opening of Monday night raw. Yeah. I agree with you. But next up you had Nakamura pick up the victory over Ricochet in a false count anywhere match, which they legit went all over the place. Yeah. I like that. They actually went backstage. I thought that, uh, 
when they passed Shane Helms, Ricochet was like, I don't know if he said, hey, Shane, stand back. There's a Ricochet coming through or something. I thought that was really funny. That's funny. But yeah, they went into the crowd. That shooting star press that Ricochet hit off of the, what would you call it? I don't even know what the entrance to the um, stairs or whatever. There's a, there's definitely the, a name the top, for it. The awning, the top of the, yeah, the bridge the area. tunnel. Yeah, the tunnel. The that tunnel from the into the arena or whatever. I thought that was a yeah. really awesome spot. Nakamura ended up knocking Ricochet off the top rope through a table uh, on the outside and then hit a Kinshasa to pick up that victory. But this was a really good match. I thought this was a very well done false count anywhere match. Yeah, I agree with you. And something that I liked about it is that it continues to show off Nakamura's strong style and how aggressive he is now. Right. We saw Tegan Knox, Katana Chance, and Caden Carter talking backstage. Nikki Cross was also there, kind of just banging her her head on a production case, it seemed like. But Chelsea Green and Piper Niven interrupted, and Chelsea threatened Tegan Knox. And then we saw that lead into the next match where we saw Piper Niven pick up the victory over Natalia. Natty's been on the side of Tegan Knox recently. We saw uh, Natalia attempt to lock a sharpshooter in, but Piper kicked her out of it. And that accidentally bumped Chelsea Green, who was up on the apron. And I thought for sure that was going to lead to the end of the match and cost Piper the match. But it was Natty who was distracted by Chelsea getting knocked off the apron. And Piper Niven got that roll up to pick up the victory there. We saw Chelsea get in Natty's face afterwards. And her and and Piper somewhat beat down Natty. And Tegan Knox ran down to make the save. And Piper got away before they could do much. So I thought that was a, a good mix of storyline there yeah i agree with you but next up you had seth freaking rollins with uh some interesting headwear i liked it (laughs) yeah the eyewear to me it looked like ben i I had no idea what you were talking about when you said that before but uh to me it's it's cyclops all right so i could see that too cyclops is that his name? Yeah. Scott? Scott Summers. Yeah. Uh, but Seth Rollins spoke about Drew McIntyre and, and how he got jumped from the Judgment Day and how Drew McIntyre stopped Dominic from cashing in. And Seth Rollins needed answers, so he called Drew McIntyre out. He pulled footage of McIntyre and Rhea Ripley talking backstage and asked Drew McIntyre to elaborate on that. We did mention that last week. But Seth Rollins accused him of working with the Judgment Day. McIntyre said that he doesn't need them to beat Seth Rollins. He could do that on his own. They basically went back and forth about who can or can't beat one another. Um, That's basically what that segment was. We saw McIntyre later on speak to Sami Zayn. He saw Sami instantly forgive Jey Uso. So he knows that there's he still doesn't trust Jey Uso there. Yeah. Drew McIntyre. The lack of trust there is huge. Yeah. McIntyre also kind of put Sami Zayn for never winning a world championship. And he said that 
because you were so quick to forgive Jey Uso, that'll be a reason why you'll never win the championship. So then Sami Zayn challenged Drew McIntyre to a match for next week. We saw Ludwig Kaiser pick up the victory over Johnny Gargano. I don't understand why Ciampa was not out there with Johnny Gargano. It would only make sense for him to be out there. We just saw the DIY thing last week. We have new merch for DIY. We knew that Giovanni Vinci would be ringside. And Giovanni Vinci, he interrupted a a pin attempt, which basically led to the end of the match. So, where was Ciampa? Makes you wonder. I don't understand why, after all of their connection and reconnection, why that's like that. Like, when that pin spot happened, Johnny went out of the ring to go after Giovanni Vinci. And when he went back into the ring, he ate a, a kick and a DDT to lose. Had mm. Champa been out there, would have been different, probably. Backstage, we saw Becky Lynch walk into the way. Indy Hartwell and Candice LeRae. And Indy asked her when she's getting a title shot for the championship that she never lost. And Becky Lynch was like, I'll go to Adam Pierce right now and have him make it official. We saw Rhea Ripley getting Becky Lynch's face. She didn't say anything, but a lot of people are, are thinking that's happening at WrestleMania 40. Uh, it's very possible. Zia Lee also showed up when uh, Becky Lynch was talking to Adam Pierce and she demanded a match against Becky Lynch, but she wanted it on her time. I feel like they just did that with Nakamura. Yeah, where- I could see that too. But so whenever Zia Lee gets a, a title shot is is up to her, I guess. I have no idea. But I think the biggest part of this segment was Jade Cargill showing up, staring Becky Lynch down, and then Adam Pierce to me made it seem like Jade Cargill was going to be officially on Monday Night Raw. But that doesn't seem to be the case as per NXT, not to jump ahead or anything, but Yeah. So they're doing whatever they can to push Jade Cargill and, and really hype her up. Yeah. We saw Rhea Ripley say that everybody wants part of her. She addressed Nia Jax, who tried to get rid of her, and how she, Raquel Rodriguez, and Shayna Baszler all tried to prove that they're the baddest. But it's her show, and it's her division. We see Rhea Ripley... Pick up a victory over Shayna Baszler via disqualification, though. And I enjoyed the match. It was pretty even where none of them looked like uh, either of them were weaker than the other, which I think is a good thing to have there. But Nia Jax came out and tried to get involved, and Raquel Rodriguez showed up, Zoe Stark showed up, and that whole thing led to a disqualification. Yeah. They had a huge, huge brawl, you know? Yeah, so Zoe Stark, I believe, was the one on top in that situation. Yeah, I could see that. But I could see that for sure. That's you know? officially headed to uh, Crown Jewel, Fatal Five-Way. There you go. We saw The Miz interviewed, uh, basically saying that he should have been on the show earlier, and Sami Zayn shouldn't have opened the show, and... Nick Aldis should probably take notice of him 
And then Nia Jax interrupted, and that's when the actual Saudi Arabia match got, like, I guess confirmed. Mm-hmm. Something interesting, uh, though, was yeah, Jinder big... Mahal and Indusheer. They went to go speak to Adam Pierce, and I don't know what that's going to lead to, but I hope it leads to a lot of TV time. I mean, it should definitely lead to that, you know. Next up, you had Gunter pick up the victory over Bronson Reed to retain the championship. Uh, solid match. They aired a what video package from the for Bronson fans. Reed before that, which I thought was really well done. Yeah. This yeah, match. I agree. They, 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 aired, they aired one for Gunter, too, earlier. Oh, yeah, yeah. You know? Um, so it's this... cool to see that the championship is getting that much of a... Um, Spotlight where they're airing highlights of both competitors in the Intercontinental Championship. Match. I believe when uh, WWE goes to Saudi Arabia for Crown Jewel, I think the Intercontinental Championship is going to be main eventing a live event in the United States. That'd be awesome. I think. Um, but this match to me felt more like a New Japan match. Mm hmm. Which uh, was not a bad thing. The crowd got really into it. Gunter power bomb Bronson Reed to pick up the victory. Um, but I, th- I'm kind of torn. I think maybe this was my favorite match on Monday Night Raw. Really, even more than the uh, the other the Nakamura Falls Count Anywhere. Yeah, I, I went back and forth trying to pick, and it's it's very hard to pick which one I enjoyed more. But I just, I can't like actually, I can't describe what I mean when I say New Japan. But like, even when they went like chop for chop, everything in that match made sense. It's not where they just stop randomly, pause the match, and then, oh, let's start chopping each other. Yeah. It it looked like two big men going out there and, and fighting. So... I think I enjoyed this match more than the the Falls Count Anywhere match. And we okay. we saw Gunter talk to Kaiser and said that he did his job earlier in that Gargano match. Vinci did not. And he expects Johnny Gargano to be stretchered out next week after his match with Giovanni Vinci. So we have yeah. to see Champa showing up next week. I mean, I could see him definitely showing up. It would be weird if he didn't show. I still understand why he wasn't there. Yeah, this week. I don't. I don't either. We saw Alpha Academy training together. Uh, Kira Tozawa, I think, stole this segment. I thought it was really funny. Chad mm-hmm. Gable, though, just saying that he's going after the Intercontinental Championship. They also want the tag team championships. New Day walked in, and Chad Gable said that uh, he was. He was I, I don't know if he said was, they were late for class, I believe. And mm-hmm. New Day was like, wait a minute. We thought you were asking us here for advice. So that sets up a match for next week, a tag match, Alpha Academy versus New Day. Overall, I thought that was a fun segment. Yeah. I don't know. So far, my favorite part of the entire Raw was, if it's not that false kind of underwear, it's Jade Cargill. Just saying. Yeah, but, but it was just a quick stare down. Hey, it is a stare down of a future WrestleMania match of two future Hall of Famers. Best wrestler in the world right now. 
Jade Cargill. But you had the main event of the evening, Judgment Day, picking up the victory over Cody and Jade to become the new tag team champions after, what, nine days? I nine, ten so. days? I mean, Judgment Day, first off, as you heard on this show, should not have lost the championship, in my opinion. At all, in my opinion. Uh, and then Cody and Jay just losing it this quickly. You could have had, well, it was, we'll go into the matchup. Dominic so the got matchup involved. Itself, I think that's the big, yeah. a big thing here. Uh, I don't like that that 1D Cody cutter doesn't end a match. I don't know why they, they don't I mean, end, why that's not a finisher. But, the, I mean, it should, I mean, yeah, it should be the finish, but. Dominic continued to get you know. involved, and Sami Zayn came out and took out Dominic. Damian Priest took Sami Zayn out. Cody Rhodes took Damian Priest out, and he went for a hot tag, but Finn Balor knocked him off the apron, uh, and then Damian Priest kicked Cody below the belt. He hit a razor's edge through the commentary table, and I kind of believed at that moment they would be walking out with the tag team titles. But yeah. Jay Uso ended up spearing Finn Balor and Damian Priest. And I'm like, oh, it's not over. They're going to pick up the victory like now. Yeah. Jimmy, Jimmy showed up. Jimmy Uso yeah. showed up. He took Jay Uso out. Finn Balor hit the coup de grace and picked up the victory there. So it is very, I feel like that- very confusing as to why they lost the tag team championships. So yeah, soon. that's the thing. I feel like. For that to happen with Jimmy involvement, there's no reason why that shouldn't have happened at the pay-per-view. It couldn't have had. That's last SmackDown the other week set up for this. It's Jimmy on his own trying to impress Roman Reigns. Yeah, so, but I, I that's true. So well, that maybe would you not have happened at the pay-per-view. The premium yeah. live event. That's true. Well, I think that the pay-per-view... You could have had maybe everything, the storyline maybe progressed. Maybe it should have happened earlier. More importantly, the whole thing, after they won the titles, I said, oh, now this allows for them to go to SmackDown. Now, guess who can't go to SmackDown? (laughs) So, I don't know what's happening there. Obviously, we'll find out more on SmackDown, which I'll talk about. But that's Monday Night Raw... NXT kicked off with the Bada Bing Bada Boom Battle Royal where Los Lotharios and Chase U ended up as the last two teams. Uh, Ridge Holland, though, I think was pretty impressive. He eliminated Malik Blade and Idris Anofi by himself. He lifted both of them up and dumped them over the ropes. I thought mm-hmm. that was pretty cool. But yeah. Scripps ended up taking out the Brawling Brutes who... Almost took OTM out. And I thought for sure that the Brawling Brutes would have been like the last team in the ring. But they lost very cheaply, so I think it's fine. Cheaply? Mm. Is that a word? They lost very cheap. 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 Yeah. But uh, Umberto was actually eliminated from the match. The referees were all focused on, on whatever was taking place in the front of the ring. So he got back in the ring. He took out the Creeds. That was the end of the match. And then it led into that tag, the the standard tag team match where Chase U picked up the victory over Los Lotharios. 
to become number one contenders. They're moving on to Halloween Havoc. We saw Thea Hale and JC Jane come out to act as cheerleaders for Chase U. Something I don't think I would have pictured JC to be doing. Yeah, it's still weird for me to see JC Jane in this sort of a position. Yeah. Do you trust this position? No, absolutely not. And I don't think anybody should. Yeah. But I thought this was a good tag team match. I liked when Duke made Umberto flip over onto Angel Garza, essentially making him hit like a moonsault on him. But the big thing from here was Brutus coming out. He distracted the referee. Julius attacked. And I think Los Lotharios need more victories, but they lost cheap here. Just like they did to the Creed. So it all comes back around. I like that in the same, I guess technically, is it two segments? It's the same match, but uh, two different segments. The Creeds did what the the Los Lotharios did to them. So Mm -hmm. I enjoyed that. And all while these two matches were going on, something that popped me big time, the family sitting up in the crowd eating dinner. I thought that was really funny. And, yeah. and and I just sat there watching NXT for those two matches, wishing we got the family style <laughs> at Machiato's. I mean, what was the big reason why we didn't? Everybody wanted like I have no idea, uh, dude. I think first it, of I all, think it came down to nobody would decide. I, I think and I should I, have I, taken charge. I should have put everybody in their place and said, No, we're getting chicken parm, we're getting a I, pasta, we're getting this, we're getting this. The appetizers write themselves. They ordered the fried zucchini and the bruschetta, both of which we could have had unlimited of. We could have added a salad. Two salads come with that family style gimmick. Mm -hmm. They, they, uh, they told me that if you order family style, it's per course that it's unlimited. So if you're eating salad, you're getting unlimited salad. But once you move on to the the appetizers, you're not getting any more salad. Which I still think would have been fine. I don't think Wait, we would have... How does that work? I, I don't know 100%, but if you order... Like, you're, you're getting what? Four courses? You get the salad, you get the apps, you get the, the, the main, and you get the dessert. So if you're on salad, you can't have unlimited apps. You have an unlimited salad. Oh. Then you move on. You have unlimited apps. You can't go back to salad, but you can move on to main. You can't have unlimited apps if you're going on to your main, though. Okay. And then that just keeps getting replenished as you please. Yeah, we probably should have done that. I think so. But we know for next time that maybe we'll do that. Yeah. Where but do they have it around here? They do. Garden City. Really? Yeah. Well, if you want to go, I'll go get some family deal with you. <laughs> After that, they aired a... We could. Yeah. I mean, I'm I'm definitely I mean, in the market for Maggiano's again. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, I so I had the filet mignon, and it was very good. It was very good. I just... My thing was I didn't want to over... I couldn't imagine overeating. Regardless of what we ate there, I walked out stuffed. I had my chicken parm that well, came that's with, the thing. I was... with with pasta. I had one of the zucchinis, and that was yeah. it. I was stuffed. Yeah, so... I was still stuffed from the uh, Brazilian place, to be honest. Yeah. So, 
that was my thing, which kind of like messed me up because then I was like really, really hungry on Sunday. But even when we went to uh, Cracker Barrel, I only got a vegetable soup because I was like, I just couldn't think that, about that eating. ride home is on you. That's all on you. You messed up. Yeah, it was right. just, yeah, the drive home was just uncomfortable for me. It's just, I usually at the end of a conference, I'm like fried. Like even when you were talking me to me in the lobby, I felt bad because I just didn't want to talk. Well, you like, should have said I something. Hit, I would have put in my earbuds. I didn't. Yeah. The last I, thing I want to do is talk. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. At, at the end of a conference, I'm emotionally drained. But also, I'm I wasn't. Physically... Well, we weren't really conversing. You were talking to other people. Yeah, but even just sitting there, I kind of just wanted to be in a ball. All I wanted and, to do was record TikToks. I would have been perfectly fine sitting there recording a TikTok. Yeah, I, I just wanted to <laughs> be in a ball away from everybody. I don't know. I, I have my moments. <laughs> well, after that tag team match, we saw a, a new promo from <laughs> Lexus King where they aired legend interviews, probably from the Pillman DVD. And he said that how when he would meet these legends, they would approach him and tell him how much they loved his uh, his father. And he would just flat out apparently lie and say that he also loved Brian Pillman. But he can't love Brian Pillman. He was four years old. And uh, this was just basically setting up that he's coming to Halloween Havoc next week. Yeah. I believe Brian Pillman wrestled on four Halloween Havocs. I think. Really? I believe so. I think it's four. But uh, mm. so I'm looking forward to Lexus King showing up next week. Whether or not he's going to wrestle, I don't know, but I'm looking forward to that. We saw Fallon Henley talking to the women backstage, kind of giving a pep talk to the the breakout tournament women. Tiffany Stratton walked in and made fun of her because she was also in that tournament, and look where she is now versus look where Fallon Henley is, maybe. So that led into the first match of the breakout tournament on that episode of NXT. Carmen Petrovich picked up the victory over Jada Parker to advance. Petrovich coming to the ring with a sword. I was not expecting to see that. She's apparently a third degree black belt. I liked the move that she did in the corner because I thought... She was going to do the double knees thing that Sasha Banks used to do, or probably still does. But it she mm-hmm. turned around and did like a, a senton drop, so I thought that was a cool spot. Yeah, I like seeing these up-and-coming, I mean, yeah, these up-and-coming wrestlers in action this way. Um, definitely very good. And Petrovic, she had a lot of moves with her legs, and she won... I could swear to God, commentary is like, we've never seen a move like this before. I would call it a modified code of silence. It looked like Carmella's finisher, but she didn't lock in the the leg lock portion of the, the chokehold on, the, on the, the head. Gotcha. So to me, that was just a code of silence. But it's, I think uh, next week we're going to see Petrovich versus Lola Vice. Both of them have, have fighting backgrounds. So that should be an interesting match where they're pretty much a, a, ma- a similar style going into it. Yeah, it'll be a solid matchup, you know? We saw Lyra Valkyria pick up a victory over Tegan Knox. Natalia was there ringside to cheer Tegan on. And I enjoyed this match. 
I I thought that this was a really solid match. I was surprised that Tegan Knox lost though. Ah uh, no, They're, Lyra Valkyrie is going to Halloween Havoc to face the champion. That's true. I, I I forgot about that one. I mean, I guess just because you have Tegan Knox on the other roster so much now. But she lost because Piper Niven and Chelsea Green showed up. Mm-hmm. And that distracted Tegan. I wouldn't say it's the reason why she lost. Because she got in Didn't and help continued. her chances, though. Yeah, she got back into the match and continued. But it was certainly like... It took her, her eyes off of Lyra there. And Lyra ends up taking her out with that kick. And then the two teams brawled afterwards. Yeah, and uh, Chelsea Green's been great on the roster. Yeah. Great addition on the roster. The way that she's back... When she's backstage playing off of every character... It's just perfect. And then Lyra Valkyria said that nobody's going to be coming in between her and her match with Becky Lynch. And she's going to beat Becky Lynch for the championship. And then Becky Lynch appeared on the screen and said that she wants to share the ring with Lyra because she's good. But Becky Lynch knows she's better. So. Yeah. Earlier in the night, we saw Blair Davenport lay out a challenge to Gigi Dolan. Gigi accepted the match and spun the wheel, made a deal. It's going to be a lights-out match. And I wish there was something more gimmicky to it. Yeah, I'm not a fan of lights-out match. Lights-out's just a standard hardcore match. I'm looking for Buried Alive. I'm looking for... um, (laughs) uh, What's the other match on there? Casket match? I would take, mm-hmm. but we're getting a lights out yeah, match so we'll there. S- but next up, you had an update from Von Wagner, who seems to be coming around. Well, his strength isn't quite there. He's trying to get it back. Robert Stone was there to hype him up. And then later on, we saw Braun Breaker interviewed. And Mackenzie Mitchell mentioned Undertaker and Braun Breaker just didn't care. Robert Stone interrupted that, and Braun does not care about Von Wagner. He doesn't care about his recovery, and he told Robert Stone to do something to it, and Stone was like, okay, I will, and he challenged him to a match. So I believe for the first time since 2021, Robert Stone, on television at least, will be wrestling Braun Breaker on NXT. I mean, I would only assume that this is going to be a cue for Von Wagner to come back. Yeah. And you know what's weird? I looked it up. I thought for sure that uh, Robert Stone would have wrestled like Scott Steiner in TNA. Not not the case. Uh-huh. They were both there at the same time, but they never crossed paths. Match-wise, yeah. at least. That's interesting. But next up, you had Shotzi pick up the victory over Kiana James. It was a good match. I think it's fun to see Shotzi there. Mm-hmm. Roxanne Perez showed up and she took Kiana James's bag and took a brick out. The referee got distracted with that. And then Shotzi ends up pulling an Eddie Guerrero where the match continues after that. But she got the upper hand and picked up the victory from that. And ultimately it led to a, a, a match set up between Roxanne Perez and Kiana James where Roxanne Perez spun the wheel, made a deal and God damn it, it's a Devil's Playground match. Same thing as a Lights Out match. Hardcore match. Same exact thing. Just a different name. I don't think there's any difference. I'm pretty sure it's the exact same match. 
We had casket match and buried alive match on there. Let's do it. Mm-hmm. We saw Dominic Mysterio interviewed. Um, Nathan Fraser was actually interviewed on Monday Night Raw this week. Uh, well, not on Monday Night Raw, after Monday Night Raw. And he got into like a pull apart with Dominic. It just continued on NXT. They were uh, pulled apart here as well. We were supposed to see Jakara in the breakout tournament, but she's injured and she's not clear to compete. We saw Lash Legend and Oro Mensa on the phone with Noam Dar, who went, I think, to Jakara, freaking out on the phone, though, that she was injured. And Akira Tozawa ended up showing up, said he's looking for Noam Dar. I'm sure we're going to see that as a match. Mm-hmm. Overall, I thought that was a good segment to introduce the fact that Jakara is unfortunately injured. Yeah, yeah. But that led to the introduction of Ariana Grace. Well, no, Brinley Reese. Oh, Brinley Reese. Um, which both Brin- Brinley Reese and Ariana Grace, I thought that... They both did really good. Yeah. um, Ariana Grace cut a promo beforehand about injuries and knowing how they are because she was injured. And then she accepted her bye. She has like this uh, Miss Universe kind of a vibe. Yeah, and she accepted her bye and uh, it had already been announced that Jakara was replaced by Brinley Reese. So I thought that was funny. And I I, I do think it would have been funny if Ariana lost in like a very quick manner and be like, no, I wasn't ready. I wasn't ready. Sort of like homage to her father. But uh, yeah, she won the match. Um, And yeah, so we'll see what happens next week. I do think, I feel like, uh, I don't think she's going to win the the next match. I think Kalani Jordan has it. Yeah, I feel like they've been building up Kalani Jordan a good amount. Yeah, and good on NXT again this week for featuring as many women as they did. Very well done. Earlier in the night, Carmelo Hayes spoke about last week. He was interrupted by Baron Corbin, basically calling Carmelo Hayes a mark. And he told him to focus more on being a superstar instead of being a fan. Dijak came out and said that he's not that he's going to beat both Carmelo Hayes and Baron Corbin and then take the title from Dragonoff. And Ilya interrupted on the screen and said that they should focus on their match instead of talking. And he said before Cody Rhodes left last week as general manager, he made the main event a fatal four-way with the last competitor in that match being Trick Williams. And Mello's face when Which he found huge. out. Yeah. And Mello when he found out that it was Trick was uh, I, I just like disbelief. Yeah, he wasn't too happy with it. But it was a really good facial expression from him when that happened. And then Baron Corbin and Dijak painted it as if Trick was stabbing Carmelo Hayes in the back. Yeah, we've we've seen Carmelo Hayes and Trick Williams kind of play off this entire not feud, potential feud that could take place where Hayes gets jealous of Trick Williams. I mean, look at the other week. Hayes walked out on Trick Williams. Well, he didn't even, you know, give a crap about Trick Williams. 
Right. And now Trick Williams is getting this shot in there. Um, but I do like that you have the two heels, Corbin and Dijak, like playing it up a lot. Yeah, and they attacked Trick Williams and Carmelo. And at the end of that segment, Carmelo Hayes like took off his jacket towards Trick. Trick didn't see it. Yeah, he was wasn't even looking at him, and it looked like Carmelo was ready to. Uh, I don't know, maybe attack him from behind. But Carmelo Hayes but was definitely shook that from that happen. situation. Fast forward to later on. Trick Williams laid out backstage, no longer medically cleared. Carmelo Hayes came rushing in. And obviously, I mean, the first thing I thought here, which is what the whole entire internet is thinking, was that it was Carmelo Hayes. And it's given Triple H and Shawn Michaels 2002 vibes. I think we're going to find out that Carmelo Hayes got jealous that Trick Williams was in that spot and took him out. Look who won that that number one contender spot. Yeah. Carmelo Hayes beat Baron Corbin and Dijak to become number one contender. Would he have done that if Trick Williams was in that match? How are we going to find out that it was Hayes taking out Trick? We'll do the CCTV thing again where they enhance, 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 and then he does the Triple H pose. <laughs> That's true. That's true. We did have another CCTV recently so but this that could definitely happen this match i thought was a, a really entertaining match i like the the big men little men spots or little mm-hmm. man i should say uh, yeah. i also liked baron corbin jumping up to the middle rope and doing a dive and clothesline i feel like that's yeah. something i'm we happy corbin's seen. down there yeah uh they did a tower doom spot which i thought was decent uh i think the the craziest part of that spot was Dijak, who I believe, I don't know if it was a German suplex or just a backdrop or a back suplex or whatever. Carmelo powerbombed Corbin, who then hit either a, a backdrop or not a backdrop, a, a back suplex or a German suplex on Dijak. But the height that Dijak got, I thought was insane on that. Um, mm-hmm. But I, I don't think that Tower Doom spot was as good as the ones that we've seen from the women as of late. So, yeah, I could agree. Uh, but Baron Corbin reversed feast your eyes with an end of days. And then Carmelo Hayes hit him with nothing but net and pin Dijak. So Carmelo Hayes picks up the victory there. I really do think I can't think of anyone else that would have taken out Trick Williams other than it Carmelo only makes Hayes. sense that I mean, there could be people that frame him, but I don't think anybody's going to frame I don't you know? think we'll see Carmelo Hayes beat Ilya Dragunov. No, he can't. So we'll probably see that as a feud next. Yeah. But they cut from that match to Lyra Valkyria, who was looking at a picture of her and Becky Lynch. She ripped it up and said, and said in one week, the title is mine. As she's saying that, the TV screen goes from the match that that Carmelo Hayes just won to Jade Cargill tapping her wrist. Will she show up? I don't know. I mean, she's put out a lot of teasers recently, so who knows where she's going to show up. Yeah, but that's NXT moving over to SmackDown. Paul Heyman opened the show 
He addressed what Jimmy Uso did on Monday Night Raw. He also brought up how LA Knight will be challenging Roman Reigns at Crown Jewel and how Roman Reigns is going to crush LA Knight. That led to LA Knight coming out. He called out Roman Reigns, who was not there. Uh, Paul Heyman went to leave, and LA Knight made him stay. And him and Paul Heyman were, I think, great in this segment. From Paul's facials, etc., him being scared, him nervously reacting to LA Knight and answering LA Knight, I thought was a, a great segment. Uh, they have a contract signing next week for the championship match. First match, though, saw Montez Ford picking up the victory over Santos Escobar. We saw Bobby Lashley and Angelo Dawkins hyping Montez Ford up beforehand. And I thought this was a good match. The backwards bulldog from the middle rope that Montez Ford hit was very interesting. I thought Santos Escobar was definitely going to reverse whatever... Montez Ford was going for but I like seeing new moves used so I appreciated the that bulldog I have never at least to my knowledge I don't think I've seen that before I know Rey Mysterio does something similar from like a springboard situation um I did not like how long there was a there was a pause for that Hurricane Rana that Escobar hit from the top rope because to me that seemed like there was way more than enough time for Montez Ford to reverse that. But Angelo Dawkins got involved, which led to the LWO to jump in. He got the better of them. Escobar took him out, and when he got back in the ring, Montez Ford rolled him up and grabbed the trunks to get a cheap victory there. And then the Street Profits attacked him afterwards. Carlito ran down with a chair to make the save, and Rey Mysterio spoke to everyone afterwards and basically just said that he wanted everyone to stay in the back. For when he was with Logan Paul. And later on Logan Paul showed up. They showed footage from him beating some jabroni in a boxing match this past weekend. The pop from that for me was that Todd Grisham and, and Jonathan Coachman were on commentary for that. So they kind of made their return to WWE TV. I thought it was cool because they're a Sunday Night Heat uh, commentary team. I'm not sure if they've done other things together. But I thought that was cool. And after that fight, Logan Paul announced that he's coming for Rey Mysterio. But when he was on SmackDown, he said that he's already beaten Rey Mysterio. So he's not actually there for Rey Mysterio. He's there for the United States Championship. And Rey Mysterio showed up and said, Logan Paul basically needs to be humbled. And he's not going to hesitate like he did with Dominic. And he put the championship on the line at Crown Jewel. Logan Paul wished him good luck and went for a handshake. Rey Mysterio, obviously reluctant to do do that, but he shook his hand. I definitely thought something more would be happening there, but not really necessary. I thought it was a good segment to have this match get set up for Crown Jewel. After that, John Cena came out. He mentioned Roman Reigns' championship reign and how long it was, and he also brought up his own streak, that being 2,002 days since he last had a televised Singles victory. And. uh, Or a singles match. I'm not sure if it was victory or just match in general. But I thought he was about to say something about retiring. With the way he brought it up. And he did bring up retirement. Which is very weird considering. This week in AEW with Sting. 
I don't know if this was like because of that, but he brought it up and basically said he's not going anywhere. He issued an open challenge and Solo Sokoa came out. It led to a fight. Jimmy Uso ran down and hit John Cena. Jey Uso showed up in a, a hoodie and everything, took out Jimmy. They fought. It was broken up by security. John Cena ducked a Samoan spike and and uh, Solo Sokoa got hit with that attitude adjustment. Backstage, Nick Aldis and Adam Pierce met with Jey Uso. And Nick Aldis said that it's not his responsibility for what happens on Monday Night Raw. But he's going to fine Jey Uso $10,000. And then Adam Pierce is like, well, then you should find Jimmy too. And Adam Pierce is like, I'll escort Jay out. And Nick Aldis is like, you know what? Escort both of them out. So Adam Pierce is like, oh, you're going to kick me out? He goes, yeah, I'm kicking you out. So we're getting competition here between the general managers. I think that's pretty cool. Maybe that starts the setup for Survivor Series. I think War Games has completely changed from what I had previously thought, given everything that's gone on since that. Um, But after that, they aired a vignette for the Unholy Union, basically just saying that they're coming for the Tag Team Championships, and they're coming soon. Um, Definitely looking forward to that. I thought we'd have more vignettes like... Uh, more prominent vignettes from them this month. We saw A-Town down under pick up the victory over Cameron Grimes and Dragon Lee. I thought it was a decent match and I had a feeling that they would win, but I don't feel like, I don't think uh, Dragon Lee should be losing. I understand they're trying to establish A-Town down under as a tag team. They'll obviously need victories, but I'm definitely torn with that because I don't really think it should be Dragon Lee taking that. Uh, it was Cameron Grimes who who ate the pin, but I don't think Dragon Lee should be on a losing team right now. Kevin Owens had a sit-down interview with Kathy Kelly, basically just saying he's disappointed that he's no longer with Sami Zayn on Monday Night Raw, but he's on his own now. He's there to make it the Kevin Owens show. There's tons of matches he wants to have that he's never had before, like versus Sheamus versus Rey Mysterio. Um, He joked about slapping around Austin Theory and Grayson Waller, so I thought that was funny. But we'll we'll see what's next for Kevin Owens. He said he's obviously going to be crossing paths with the bloodline. He hopes not to, but it's inevitable. In the main event, we saw EO Sky pick up the victory over Charlotte Flair to retain... I thought this was a good match. Bailey got involved um, early on in the match. I liked the sunset flip power bomb from EO Sky. I thought there was a, a nice German suplex counter from Charlotte Flair. She also hit a nice, what I'm going to call a Samoan drop from the middle rope. I believe Michael Cole, Michael Cole called it a fallaway slam, but I would say it was a Samoan drop over that because she wasn't in fallaway slam position. In my memory, at least. Uh, the reversal from EO's moonsault I thought was nuts because Flair like launched EO across the ring with her legs. I thought that was crazy. But Charlotte hit a spear right after that and Bailey put EO's legs on the rope. So the, the pin count was broken. Charlotte went after Bailey. Dakota Kai got involved and distracted the referee while 
Io Sky held up the championship and Charlotte speared the championship. She got she ran right into the title and Io won off of that. Damage control beat Charlotte down afterwards and Bianca Belair returned and made the save for her. Uh, Bailey saved Io Sky from eating a KOD and Bailey instead took it. So I thought it was a, a good episode of SmackDown. I thought it was a good ending of SmackDown. Not really looking forward to Flair and Belair teaming up against Damage Control, but it just seems like Charlotte is going to be winning the championship soon. So it's unfortunate. I hope that doesn't happen, but that's SmackDown. Going to take a quick little break, and I'll be right back here on Marking Out. Hey, it's Cassidy Pope, and you're listening to Marking Out. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to Marking Out episode 663. Going to go over to AEW Rampage from last week. It opened up with the Jericho Appreciation Society, or the Not Jericho Appreciation Society, Picking up the victory over the Hardys and Brother Zay. Again, where, where's Ethan Page at? I don't know. I don't understand. I don't think I missed anything. I don't remember them separating. I don't know why Ethan Page is no longer with them. My DVR, though, kicked off at the very end of this match. So I really can't say anything about this other than that. I don't know why it kicked off in the middle <laughs> of, my, of the match. But... Um, because it started on time. But afterwards, Matt Menard questioned Daniel Garcia's dancing again. Angelo Parker tried to like break it up. And then Jake Hager ultimately told them to squash it. And Matt Menard yelled. But on collision, they challenged the acclaim to a title match. So that'll take place. We saw Jay Lethal pick up the victory over Trent. Triple J got involved a bunch of times. But... Trent uh, ate a lethal injection to lose. Outside of the involvement from Triple J, I thought this was a good match. We saw another promo from Ortiz. Uh, Santana interrupted it and questioned where he was when he was out with his injury or where he was when he went to rehab. And it led to him challenging him, but to me, they just seem like babies. Sort of like a get over it situation. Fight already or just stop. We don't need interview, 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 promo, promo, promo every single week. There's nothing there. People are like, oh, this is the best work they've ever done. I want to see them wrestle. That's the best work they've ever done. Get in the ring and wrestle. I don't need to see promo, promo, promo. Wrestle. After that, Sky Blue picked up the victory over Emi Sakura. Sky Blue's makeup is a lot darker now due to the mist from Julia Hart. And it grows every week. And I wouldn't be surprised if she ends up lighting somebody on fire at the end of this whole situation. Given that absolutely crazy story that I can't believe they even allowed to air on AEW. uh, What is it? uh, What is it? Hey, EW. Jeez, I forgot the name of the show for a moment. But um, I was expecting more aggression from Sky Blue in this. Especially against someone like Emi Sakura. But I don't think there was much of a difference or any difference in that aspect of it. I enjoyed the match though. Main event saw the Blackpool Combat Club pick up the victory over the Gates of Agony. I think the outcome here was pretty predictable. But I thought it was still a decent match. 
Wheeler Yuta was left by himself at one point, and I thought for sure that would have, like, ended it. But he kept kicking out of everything. Claudio came back in just in time, saved him from another double-team move, and then they did a a double-team throw splash to, to pick up the victory. And end Rampage. Uh, after that, Collision kicked off with Edge, who was interrupted by Christian, Luchasaurus, and Nick Wayne, who had a team of security with them, including Kevin Matthews, Myron Reed, and Jay Crist. Uh, Christian spoke about beating Daniel uh, Brian Danielson later on, and Brian Danielson came out, said that Luchasaurus and Nick were banned from ringside for the match. Ricky Starks and Big Bill then came out, and Stark said that they're all taking up his time. He also challenged Edge. He challenged Brian Danielson to a match. FTR came out. This segment ends with a brawl. Cash is apparently not even really injured. So I don't know where those reports came from on the, the news sites. Or, I mean, maybe he is injured. and Maybe that's not a real report. I have no idea. So, ultimately, it seems like there was no real reason for FTR to lose the titles. Someone said that FTR pitched losing the titles. It That doesn't make any sense. It didn't make sense for them to lose the titles then, especially to Big Bill, especially to Ricky Starks. Uh, but the, the segment, I thought, lacked a focus on storyline. I think there were too many intertwined happening here. But maybe it'll, it'll lead to a multi-man match and become like a, a one big feud sort of situation. I don't know. First match of the evening saw Samoa Joe pick up the victory over Willie Mack to retain the Ring of Honor Championship. Uh, it's always nice to see Willie Mack on television. I wish we'd see more of Willie Mack on television. But this was an ob- another obvious victory. But Willie Mack got a lot in. And like I said, I always hope for more Willie Mack. After that, Action and Dreddy spoke to Lana and... He thinks that she could benefit him from uh, her managing him. And later on, Miro choked him out. So now instead of being a wrestler, Miro's feuding with Lana in vignettes. I don't, I don't get it. I don't get it at all. This is the same exact stuff we've seen from Miro. There's nothing there. I hated those promos beforehand. I hate these promos now. Juice Robinson picked up the victory over Christopher Daniels, who we barely see at this point, and I think he's lost so much steam by not being booked. So this match, to me, was kind of meaningless. Bullet Club Gold got involved, which, to me, makes it even more meaningless. It's just like, the match itself, I don't even feel like anything set up Juice to win the Battle Royal, that they're, like, the main focus of Juice's storyline is winning that battle royal, and I don't feel like this did anything for him. Juice knocked Daniels out with the ring that uh, Jay White gave him afterwards, so that pushes the storyline, and then they cut a promo while Christopher Daniels was laid out for like an hour, it seemed. God forbid a doctor comes to check on somebody. Like, how does that make sense? Your, your boy's laying there for God knows how long. How are you not going to check on him? Storyline-wise, obviously, kayfabe-wise, he's fine, but that just doesn't make sense to me. But they got so much backlash from that anti-Semitic thing the other the other week, so it seems like they dropped that. I think it still would have been nice for Tony Khan to publicly acknowledge that they were stupid for doing something like that. 
but it seems like they've dropped it. So that's at least a positive thing. After that, they aired a promo for Dustin Rhodes to be in the Dynamite Diamond Battle Royal. It's not believable at all that he would win, but I thought this was a great promo. Although him saying that it was a a lifelong dream, he could fulfill his lifelong dream by becoming AEW champion just obviously makes no sense. But I thought this was a very, very well done promo for, for Dustin Rhodes, and I wish he would be utilized more. After that, Kyle Fletcher picked up the victory over Boulder. I don't think this was the right follow-up match to Fletcher versus Brian Danielson. He gets a victory over someone the size of Boulder, which is a positive thing, but I don't think that does much for him. And I think it kind of devalues the Iron Savages. But Kyle Fletcher challenged Kenny Omega for Dynamite this week, and that match gets set up. We saw Chris Statlander pick up the victory over Sky Blue to retain. I just, like the other match on on Rampage, I wanted more aggression from Sky Blue. And it just, there was no difference. It wasn't there. This was Chris Statlander showing off her strength. It It wasn't showing off Sky Blue being affected by the mist from Julia Hart. So I would have tweaked that. Other than that, I enjoyed the match. Willow came out afterwards to check on Sky Blue. Uh, she was also misted by Julia Hart, and that match is going to be taking place. Uh, Willow's taking on Chris Statlander at Battle of the Belts. So will Willow Nightingale have more of an aggressive side, more of a dark side? We'll find out. They aired an LFI vignette, which I almost fast forward uh, fast forwarded because I thought it was a commercial the the commercial beforehand was for perfume so i thought it was the same ad i had to rewind and basically in this roosh said that he's back and they're going to be taking out the week where's andrade i'm waiting for andrade we saw keith lee pick up the victory over turbo floyd this wasn't necessary and then the main event saw christian pick up the victory over brian danielson to retain that tnt championship This was a great match. And really the only bad thing about this was the ending. Big Bill distracted the referee. Ricky Starks hit Brian with the championship to break the LaBelle lock. I don't think it looked like Ricky Starks connected at all. I thought that looked very bad. So aside from that, I enjoyed this match. I thought this was a a really good main event. And then they had all the heels from the beginning of the show. Attack Brian Danielson. FTR came out. Edge came out. And even though they just ended their show last week, they decided to do that again. It makes no sense. Why are you doing brawl endings? Stop doing brawl endings. It's every single week at this point, it seems. It's not necessary. Moving over to Dynamite. Jay White picked up the victory over Penta. Uh, Penta right off the bat took Bullet Club Gold out with a dive before the match. But as far as this match goes, I enjoyed it. There was a moment of the match where it just like randomly stopped, which I thought was like the weirdest thing. I hated the spot. And then they did like chop for chop spots. I just did not like that at all. Take that part out of the match. I would have enjoyed it a lot more. 
all members of the Bullet Club Gold got involved, and it ended out with uh, Juice Robinson knocking Penta out. Afterwards, Jay White cut a promo. He spoke about MJF. Juice Robinson spoke about MJF. Uh, and then MJF was interviewed right after this, and he said he'll be doing commentary for the main event. The acclaimed again, Max Caster, offered MJF help and flirted with him again, and then, then MJF left. He's like not accepting their passes. I don't know what to say. Hikaru Shida picked up the victory over Emi Sakura. This was a teacher versus a student match. Definitely hard-hitting, very aggressive. This is the match that I wanted from Sky Blue. These are the kind of matches that Sky Blue should be having with this different side affected of the the missed side of Julia Hart uh, for Sky Blue. That was a, a goofy sentence, but I hope you understand what I meant. But this match I thought was great. I like that release Tiger Driver from Emmy. This, I thought, was just a very good match, and I wish it could have gone longer. They should 100% put more matches like this on television, and you could put it in earlier slots like you did for she, for Hikaru Shida and Emi Sakura. You don't always have to re, uh, fast forward. You get to the 9 p.m. slot, there go the women. This, I think, it was like 8.30, maybe? After that, Edge had a sit-down interview with Renee Paquette, Really, it opens with the same thing we've been hearing for weeks now. He's there to team with Christian. Christian doesn't want it. And then he retold the story about winning an essay contest and how he vouched for Christian and got Christian in the school as well. And he also said he opened the doors for Christian and can't think of why Christian's acting the way he's acting. Edge doesn't want the TNT Championship. He's not going to fight Christian He doesn't know why he's in AEW right now, so that is absolutely goofy. Edge has no direction for himself, storyline-wise, in AEW. Obviously, it's going to lead to Edge versus Christian. There's no way it's not leading to Edge versus Christian. Wardlow showed up, powerbombed Ryan Nemeth, one via ref stoppage after one powerbomb. Tony Schiavone interviewed Wardlow afterwards, and he's back for MJF. So MJF is feuding against the whole locker room, which is, I just, why can't it just be one storyline per person? I don't understand. And then Tony Schiavone took a random bump from Wardlow. After that, they aired another Adam Cole segment. He's still doing chores for Roderick Strong. He still needs to get surgery. I hope these end soon. Roderick Strong, at the end of it, said he knows now he has to be nice to that scumbag, alluding to maybe lying to get uh, a better friendship with Adam Cole. So we'll see what happens with that. I do hope they end. Don Callis' family had an in-ring segment. Will Hobbs saw Chris Jericho as a kid or something, and he didn't treat him well, so he beat him up years later. They're not done with Chris Jericho. Kyle Fletcher came out, got in Hobbs' face, and he said that he did the match the other week for Don Callis as a favor to Will Osprey, and now he gets to prove himself against Kenny Omega and make a name for himself. Fast forward, Kenny picks up the victory over Kyle Fletcher. Before the match, MJF shook Kenny Omega's hand earlier, 
whispered 13 days in Kenny's ear. Left me thinking, what the hell is 13 days? That leads us to Halloween. NXT has NXT Halloween Havoc. I thought maybe NXT was running against, uh, or AEW is running against NXT again. Not the case. People responded and said that is when MJF uh, either matches or eclipses Kenny Omega's championship reign for, for most days held as AEW champion. I would have liked for that to have been mentioned for like weeks instead of the week before. As far as Kenny Omega versus Kyle Fletcher, I thought the match was good. But I was definitely expecting it to be a crazier match than it was. I don't think it was on par with Fletcher versus Brian Danielson. I thought that was a a much better match. After that, Lance Archer beat up Barrett Brown. Basically Wardlow, but he hasn't been on television in what seems like months. And the opponent actually got some moves in. So, is this going to be another build-up for Lance Archer? There's been so many, so I have to say probably not. Sting afterwards cut this, uh, it was interviewed, cut a promo. The main focus was retirement. And he announced that his very last match will be at Revolution in 2024. I believe that's March. Nobody knows where Revolution is. Nobody knows uh, if it is actually in March. Um... But that, him saying the actual, like, I'm going to retire then, seemed to kind of suck the air out of the room. I feel like Sting is doing pretty good work still. And I don't think people want to see Sting retire just yet. Somehow people think his last opponent's going to be Undertaker. And I don't get that at all. I don't think Undertaker, Mark Calloway, is showing up in AEW. Um, I feel like, I mean, I don't see it being Ric Flair either, although that match seems to keep happening. And I don't know if that'll actually be Sting's official retirement from pro wrestling. He did retire before, obviously, in his Hall of Fame speech for WWE. He was not medically cleared at that point, so maybe he'll be back in WWE after that. Who knows what's next for Sting? Obviously, an incredible career. So, these next few months, if if he's in your town, go see him. We had a Jim Ross sit-down interview with Nick Wayne and Nick Wayne's mom. It, it really still didn't explain why Nick turned on Darby Allen, but I just thought the segment was so bad. That, that whole sit-down, it was just terrible. I thought it was goofy. It ended with Darby Allen beating Nick Wayne up. He beat up Christian, and then Luchasaurus got involved. Sting took him out. There was no Edge. Edge is written in the storyline. Where the hell's Edge? I don't understand. This goes back. There's like a million different storylines going on for the same people. It makes no sense. But it was announced that Tony Khan has a gift for Sting next week. Maybe it's going to be a bat. Maybe it'll be Lex Luger. I have no idea. Main event saw the diamond, the Dynamite Diamond Battle Royal. Juice Robinson won. I'm not going to go with uh, who was in it. There were different spots, though. MJF made his way down the ring. He was on commentary. He paid Dustin Rhodes money. And I thought for sure it was going to be to eliminate himself. And I thought he was going to be going around paying people off so Juice would win. 
so he could beat the hell out of Juice Robinson. That wasn't the case. He paid Dustin Rhodes. Dustin Rhodes did shatter dreams on Juice. We saw Matt Menard and Daniel Garcia get into it over Daniel Garcia's dancing. It came down to Garcia. It came down to Max Caster, who offered to be in the match to win and have MJF's back. And then it came down to Juice Robinson. Max Caster took Garcia out and Matt Menard was disappointed with him. There's something going on with the JAS. They're clearly leading to a a split. But Jay White attacked MJF. They brawled to the ringside area. And MJF, at first, before getting to the ringside area, he got his his championship back. And he went to hit Jay White with it. Jay Low blowed him. Max Caster was distracted by that. Juice took out the, the ring Knocked Max Caster with it, dumped him out of the ring, picks up the victory. Juice Robinson goes on to face MJF. And that was the end of Dynamite. That's uh, AEW this week. Hey, Brandon, got any shout outs? Brandon, shout outs! The first shout out goes to Wasting All These Tears, Cassidy's version which was just released last week. Cassidy Pope released a new pop-punk version of it. So definitely check it out. That's one of my favorite songs, so it's really cool to hear a uh, an updated version of it. Uh, I, I definitely like the, the, news, the new version. I do like the old version. I haven't heard the new version yet, but I look forward to hearing yeah. it. Yeah. The next shout-out goes to Taylor Swift, The Eras Tour film, which I know I said I was not going to see it because it would only make me wish I was able to see the concert in person more. But it rained Mm -hmm. in Philadelphia on Sunday, and I went by myself. I was one of, like, seven people in the theater at 10 a.m. And, uh... I, the other show times were packed, but I'm I'm really happy that it was just like a low, quiet thing, and there yeah, weren't. Yeah, Saturday was lousy weather. Yeah, but I, it wasn't like terrible weather, but it was freezing cold, and it was definitely raining, drizzling. But yeah. it, it's such a good concert, and I thought it was a very like. It's it's very well done. It's very well filmed, well shot. She kills it. It was cool to see, like... Because I've pretty much watched the full concert already, but via TikTok. Mm-hmm. So it was cool to see, like, actual high-quality footage of it. And see yeah. different aspects that I had not previously seen because I'm watching it from somebody's TikTok account. But... I don't know if I would have enjoyed the movie. It wasn't a movie, though. It was just a concert. Well, I don't know if I would enjoy it. Like, if the entire audience is screaming well, and dancing. Well, hello, and I said just stuff. now, no one was doing that, so. Yeah, but in most of the theaters here, that's what you're going to be getting. I, you just got to go to one with uh, with nobody, nobody there. Go at, like, 10 a.m., yeah. I guess. But uh, it was just, it really was good. Uh, Some of the songs were apparently cut. So I do hope that if this gets released as uh, like a CD or something, they add them back. I don't know what Mm -hmm. she'll do with the the surprise songs because 
unless she does like a four disc set or something, I, I don't really know how it'd be possible to do that. Yeah. So I just wish and hope that I get to see the Eras tour. Please. <laughs> well, aren't you glad that you saw it? No, I'm I'm kind of. I'm uh, I'm still yearning for that moment I see her live in concert. <laughs> but my last shout out goes to Suzanne Summers, who unfortunately passed away this week at the age of seventy six. I don't know if I first knew her. I'm going to say I probably first knew her as Carol Lambert on Step by Step. But I don't know. Which you were actually on an episode of. I think. I'm not 100% sure, but I'm almost certain I was on an episode of Step by Step when they filmed at Disney World. But she was also Chrissy Snow on Three's Company. And I know that aired on uh, Nickelodeon. I'm just not 100% sure like what years. Uh, and I'm, was like the... I'm a huge fan of both of those shows. Three Three's Company and Step by Step were... Was that late 70s? Early 80s? Not on Nickelodeon. <laughs> on Nickelodeon, oh, no. it was like but the Nickelodeon 90s. Was what are you talking about? That was the reruns. Right. I wasn't alive for yeah. when they first were on TV. Yeah. But I'm a I'm a huge fan of both of those shows and I always hoped that Step by Step would get some sort of like reboot like Fuller House did, but I don't think that was ever in the cards. So, it's unfortunate. She's had breast cancer on and off since her 20s. So, it's hmm. a shame that that's what led to it, especially during Breast Cancer Awareness Month and the day right yeah. before her 77th birthday. So, hey. Awful. That's unfortunate. Go out of your way. Watch some step-by-step. Step, watch Three's Company. But those are my shout-outs. Now it's time for... Our... Our... That is right, our mark out moment of the week. Well, I mean, we said it before, ECW Arena was pretty cool to see from the outside. Yeah. I mean, going to the outside, do you think we should have walked around to the backside? The backside? I wasn't taking any more steps off that main road. <laughs> <laughs> that was my other we, question. We drove was... up a few blocks to go to Wawa. It was the craziest thing I've ever seen. Yeah, that's true, because that's the thing. I was like, I wonder what was... I wonder what could have happened behind that ECW arena back in the day. But then I was just like, after driving to that Wawa, I'm okay with not knowing. I've never seen a Wawa that didn't exist as a gas station, first of all. Second of all, everybody inside was like absolutely insane. Drugged up on something. Yeah, I don't want to be in that part of Philadelphia. Yeah, be careful if you're going to be traveling down there for WrestleMania. But yeah, so don't do stupid stuff. Very much so, yes. But that was cool <laughs> to see that uh, a non-wrestling. Yeah, that was very cool. Do you have more? Hmm. Um, I definitely marked out for that. I marked out for Jade Cargill going face to face with Becky Lynch. Right. I marked out for last week on SmackDown. I think you would have had you seen it. She marked would have marked out uh, going face to face with Charlotte Flair. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I marked out for that, and of course, new tag team champions. I marked out for. 
Yeah. Marked out for new tag team champions for sure. What about you? Non-wrestling wise, there was a, uh, a there's a new short out that Disney aired called Once Upon a Studio, and it features a ton of characters from over the past 100 years of Disney animation. And they basically mm-hmm. all come to life to take like a hundredth anniversary picture together. And that's like, really cool. And there's really like a lot of cool things about this. They used unused lines from Robin Williams to voice the genie. So there's new Robin Williams genie lines in this short, which I think is really cool. I wish that, I don't know. I wish that there was more Robin Williams yeah, in general. Very much so. so. Sad. Um, yeah. The Rock and Billy Joel are both in it. So I think that's pretty cool. Obviously as Maui and uh, as Dodger. I don't, it's, I'm Billy going to Joel assume. Billy Dodger. Yeah. That's why he's named Dodger. Huh. But I'm going to assume that's huh. not new dialogue from Billy Joel. Mm-hmm. Probably not new from, well, no, Maui might be new. So I'm not sure if The Rock re-recorded lines or something for that. But I think it was cool that I think like a big part part of my life is wrestling and Billy Joel. So So it's cool to have He just announced a a tour date on his birthday. Yeah, Billy Joel. Every five years, I guess, at uh, Madison Square Garden. And I feel like I'll probably end up not going, but... I did go to his birthday party, my birthday party, in, in 2014, 2019. Now it's 2020. Yeah, he actually just got a, a street named after him in Oyster Bay today. I saw that. That's or yesterday. Cool. No, it was today. Yeah, yesterday. Today. This today. week. We'll settle on this week. We'll go with this week. Uh, Depending also, on what you're listening to. In, in, that, uh, in that short for one of the scenes with Mickey Mouse, they had... Richard Sherman actually returned to Walt Disney's office to re-record Feed the Birds from Mary Poppins by himself on the piano that him and his brother would use to entertain Walt Disney with. That's cool. So he's not actually in the short, but it came out after the fact that they had him re-record it for that. So I thought that was pretty cool. And, of course, the Sherman Brothers wrote so many hits for Disney. Um, and just so many cool aspects of this. It's on Disney+. Plus. It's on Hulu. I would definitely recommend checking it out. Um, something else I marked out over was Mattel announcing a five-pack of the LWO. That'll be up on Mattel Creations to purchase. And I think it's one of the best sets that Mattel has ever put out. That's really cool. I think it would be cool if they did like another three pack with Carlito, Savio Vega, Savio Vega and Bad Bunny, Bad but Bunny. I feel like that just would never happen. Well, spoiler, uh mark out moment of the week for next week's gonna be Bad Bunny on Saturday night. <laughs> yeah, Live. Bad Bunny, he's hosting <laughs> SNL and uh he's also the musical guest as well. One of the promos they they shot to hype him up for SNL this week was a wrestling one. And they had a scratch yeah. SNL logo, like the parody of the WWE logo. So I thought that was pretty cool. And uh, it, he was basically facing himself. He's walking around with a wig, by the way. <laughs> he's He's got short hair and they did the thing. Eric Matthews did that on an episode of Boy Meets World. Still one of the coolest moments of that show. 
But uh, yeah, are we, are we going to see a wrestling moment on Saturday Night Live? Well, we see we have somebody to. appear. It would be really cool if LWO showed up on SNL, but I feel like that's not happening. I mean, could we see Rey Mysterio Jr.? I mean, he was just challenged by Logan Paul to a match as well. Yeah, but which... that stuff happens on SmackDown, so yeah, I, I think... Um, did Bad Bunny have the 24-7 championship on SNL or no? Yeah. Yeah, he did. So. That's... Last time he was on, he performed with it. So, and also, I think Damien Priest was there. Was he or no? No. Uh-uh. Just Bad Bunny. Nobody showed up. I would like to see somebody show up. I mean, we'll find out very soon. Um, also, Mick Foley was on Hot Ones this week, which uh, I think was really cool. I had no clue that he wrestled a bear. Yeah, I didn't understand that. Didn't is there a video of it? Yeah, it's a whole twenty-five minute episode. Huh. Interesting. But it's really funny because Swifties thought it was going to be Taylor Swift on this week's episode of Hot Ones. Because the social media manager tweeted out to hype up this episode, are you ready for it? That's funny. So she had to apologize saying, I'm just a Swiftie, my bad, it's not Taylor Swift. (laughs) (laughs) But I think it's really funny that people expected it to be Taylor Swift and they are getting Mick Foley. That's pretty funny. Completely opposites both super nice people though yeah and we're going into mcfoley territory soon his season what santa claus yes i was like what does that mean season (laughs) we're coming closer to his season of the where he doesn't he loses his mcfoley persona and becomes santa yeah For like an entire month. But those are the mark out moments of the week. That is episode 663. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode. You could check out past episodes, present episodes on Apple Podcasts, for now Google Podcasts, Amazon, Spotify, MarkingOut.com. You could follow us on Twitter at MarkingOut, at BTTG161 on Instagram and Twitter. Chris Sweeney Dog, CM Sweeney85, David PTDPT on both, Facebook.com slash MarkingOut, YouTube.com slash MarkingOut11, which is also our Instagram account, ProWrestlingTees.com slash MarkingOut. Check us out on TikTok at MarkingOut. And we wish you the best of luck. Your future in have a fantastic week.